This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Greg Miller. Hi! Dan Stapleton. Yes, sir. Justin Davis. We have a fantastic show for you this week. If you're listening to this podcast, nothing's going to be different uh, for you. But if you are, if you are, no, I'm just saying it's going to be as great as usual. This is how it normally goes. If you're watching the show, you may notice a disturbing lack of B-roll this week. That we won't have the fancy B-roll because our equipment's still being moved up from. Sadly, Comic-Con. we lost Mike Aransky, yes. and so we can't <laughs> pipe in B-roll anymore. He's still being Mike, if you're up. there, come over the God Mike. Nope, no, he's got here. He's not there. I'm going to raise his daughter as if she were my own. <laughs> what are you going to change your name to? It's what, it's what Aransky wanted. <laughs> Penelope? Yeah. Uh, Penelope Hatfield? Just change your name to Scoop. PH? Yes. Scoops. Okay. <laughs> then you could have a show. Scoops McHatfield. PhD. That would be the. PH and D. Oh, actually, that's Penelope great. Hatfield and Damon. That's pretty good. Oh. <laughs> and we would talk about, like, what? what is it? Topics that are important to little girls. Yeah. Think, you know. Games. Yeah. NES. She'd be like, tell me about my real name. He's like, oh, I'm your real dad! <laughs> Into the kennel! <laughs> That's a dark turn. That's <laughs> how I was raised. It's all my children. It's think, all I know. <laughs> I should say darker. Anyway. Uh, let's start out by talking about EA Access. What is EA Access? Dan. It, it is a subscription service where you can play like four EA games for five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Available um, on all platforms. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Is, oh, is, I see what you're doing. Uh, okay, okay. You're, you're, I, 
his clever game. This is an Xbox One exclusive service. It is. Exclusive. So, yeah. <laughs> Xbox One exclusive. Exclusive. Although it like depending on how you read what what like what's come out like with your reading from level like like what grade you can <laughs> yes. you can read and what what languages you speak mm. but depending on on what uh, how you read into the the PlayStation statement that came out today from Sony uh, Zombie Mike Aransky's in here now <laughs> <laughs> responding to this being an Xbox One exclusive like they claim that the, that Sony they claim it's like oh we d- we didn't want it we it's didn't even good, want this it's, thing it's not a, it's not a good value for for uh, for customers so we passed on it so that's that's why it's an Xbox exclusive because that's where you go for the things that aren't valuable so EA access right now is five dollars a month or thirty dollars for a year mm-hmm. with four games uh, FIFA fourteen Madden twenty five. Peggle, Peggle two. 2 and Battlefield 4. With more coming. More so, coming. Yeah, it's a hilariously random assortment of games. Here's my thing. So a lot the of benefits people, don't end there, yeah. we should note, right? right? There are more benefits. Right. Oh, yeah, discounts? sure. Yeah, 10%, 10%, discounts. 10% off on DLC, and you're going to get early access to some EA early games. Early access to games, significant games like Dragon Age Inquisition, yeah. and you, your save files will transfer over to the full release. So from my perspective, and maybe someone, one of you can explain it to me, there's a lot of hate for this online. A lot of the comments are really negative. From my perspective, I was thinking about buying FIFA 14. I got that World Cup fever. I'm like, yeah, I think I kind of, like, I buy a soccer game every few years. That game is $40, or EA Access is $30 for a year and includes yeah. FIFA 14. Or, so, like, what, I'm just trying to figure out how this is, like, not a very reasonable deal. Or $5 a month, like, how long would you play that game realistically? Would sure. you play it, play it more than a couple months? Actually, so, maybe that's, that's actually totally a great 10 point. Bucks. So yep. maybe, like, if I could buy FIFA 14 for 40 bucks and play it for a month, and then say soccer's stupid, and then <laughs> for another four years, or I could just pay for what subscribe to this for a month and get access to the game. And and like they also have a thirty dollars for a whole year option, so it's, yeah. it's yeah. you can get it even cheaper. Like I, I actually do think it is a good value in in, in a lot of cases, especially if they continue to add mm-hmm. like relatively recent games that are. And for Xbox One, there is nothing but relatively recent games. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I think it is a it's a funny it's the uh, assortment of games is just kind of weird and random. But mm-hmm. I think you're right. It's that Xbox One connection. You know that's why like. That that's just all that they have to put on the service right yeah, now. Yeah, like they, EA will add their their more recent games as they go along. Uh, it'll be interesting to see like if they if they have like a rotating selection or if they just build their catalog bigger and bigger. Um, and it does seem like it's a like it's a shot at at you know GameStop's uh, used game sales. Mm-hmm. Like why 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 would I buy a used copy of FIFA 14 when I can play this for five dollars? That's a good point that I hadn't considered. Now at least yeah, if you wanted to play Battlefield 4 now. You could just pay $5. At least they're getting some money rather than nothing from GameStop, right? Right. I also think it's ahead of its time. Like, I think I've been saying for years that Steam should have a game subscription service. Well, it has been tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, was a, there was a site called GameTap that did it uh-huh. uh, that failed kind of spectacularly. They just they didn't have <laughs> a very good selection. Uh, they they even tried doing uh, exclusive content. They had American McGee make a fairy tale game. Uh, Sam and Max. Grim. The um, those adventure games started as Game Tap exclusives. Uh, it's the the uh, the Telltale ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, that's right. I think you are right. That's <laughs> <true>. I will. <laughs> you know, Dale was ready to drop the hammer, but now he's reconsidered. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's also been tried. I think Square Enix had had a a, a a small site, or maybe I guess it was IDOS at the time. Mm. They had a, a their own little subscription service. that had like Hitman available. Then you could like stream the games. Yeah. Online, right? Yo, because yeah, that's, that's obviously a little bit different. Like there was, yeah. uh, you know, on live and some of the streaming services. And yep. This is just straight up, like you know, subscription to have access to the game locally on your system. Yeah, well, yeah, but but yeah, on live would also give you access to. Yeah. Uh, like later, they introduced that, um, and I I do hope that that Steam builds in the the capability for other publishers to offer 
subscription to their games yeah. because like I, I don't see Valve doing it like trying to bundle up a bunch of other publishers' games into mm -hmm. one thing. That's just not really the way Valve has historically operated. They mm -hmm. give other people the tools to do things on their service. Yeah, it does seem like. It sets us down a path where now if you want these sorts of uh, access to libraries, you'll need to pay like 11 different people $5 a month like, you know, Ubisoft and EA and, and you know, Square Enix and these different yeah. companies. And like that might be a little bit shaky five years from now, but like... It could be, but, but I mean, look at it this way. Uh, HBO Go, if that goes, yeah. uh, if that goes like independent of Comcast or, or you know, your, your sure. cable provider, like you'd pay five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month to yeah. access that. Plus I think people are getting used to, you know, people subscribe to Netflix and Hulu, and Amazon Prime, and Spotify. I think they're used to like, just paying for small fees to all these different services. Yeah. They do, if I had to guess, and I actually don't know why people are sort of down on this. I think it's just because it's EA. and people. I, think cannot... it, I mean, my problem is that it's old games. It's a weird thing to launch with. Why didn't you wait a month and launch with Madden? Be like, hey, here's this thing, you know, we're, this it, new program we want you to be excited yeah. about. You can't, you can't give that away for five bucks a month. You can if you want somebody to be excited. If you want them to be, I mean, like, that's the thing is I'm sure EA doesn't care that people aren't excited now. Get it down, get it going, get the groundwork laid, and then when Madden does it, go on it in two, three months. I imagine this is always going to be intended for older games. Yeah. They're not going to give you access to Dragon Age Inquisition for $5. Yeah. You know? They want to get the 60 bucks. But I mean, what, what they are doing is like if you put down this 5 bucks here, you'll get a discount on DLC for their new mm -hmm. games. Mm -hmm. So And this, is, this will be a you know, side bon benefit for that. Like if, if you're already planning to buy all that stuff anyway, this could, be, this could work out for you. I think what's really smart is that even if you're not interested in playing these older games, I think a lot of people will pay $5 to play Dragon Age Inquisition a week early. Yeah. So the game becomes a $65 game, actually. Mm. But do you get a discount on dra buying Dragon Age Inquisition after you paid the $5 for this? I don't believe 10%? so. Or is it just DLC? Well, you get, the deal, you get a discount on the DLC, but like, if, you, if you subscribe to the service for 5 bucks and then play Dragon Age a week early, you don't get $5 off the price of Dragon Age, as far as I know. Because that would be a good deal. <laughs> yeah, um, I totally think this is a good service. I, I, I think just the four games, it's sort of like, eh. it's yeah. like you need to have like twenty four games. Like, give right. someone like get some like EA has access to so much stuff. All the old Burnout games, all the old like put some older titles on this service. So but then you because have, it's Xbox so One yeah. only, yeah. they they can't. Like, I understand that that's a challenge, but like, f f figure something out. Like, figure out a way to get some of those old Sega Genesis games on there. Yeah, like some of the old Ultima games and on that's, there. That's actually a big theory about why Sony doesn't want it on their platform. Is because they're going to roll out their their PlayStation Now service, see, yeah. uh, where they're going to be selling you access to old games that yeah. way. Sure, yeah, that actually is. That's actually a totally good theory that I hadn't considered. Is that uh, PlayStation Now is almost here, and this is in maybe too much direct competition. PlayStation with that. when? <laughs> <laughs> that's when? like so. That was like cheesy enough that it actually worked. I, that's yeah. that's straight up space balls jokes. <laughs> anyway. um, it seems like a good. Good deal to me. Uh, the uh, the other games that you're going to get early access to this year are Madden 15, NHL 15, FIFA 15, NBA Live 15, yeah. as well as like If you're a sports gamer, it's yeah. great. Yeah. And then uh, it, it is a little interesting to me that uh, since EA has their own Origin service, that that's not part of this deal. It's just the Xbox. Yeah, I, I expect they'll roll it out for Origin as well. Yeah. I mean, they, they've been they've actually been making some good strides with Origin lately. Like they've they've been giving away free games. They've been doing free trials, uh, and you know it's it's. It's not as good as Steam, but it's not as bad as Uplay. So, <laughs> so they, that's the barometer. <laughs> Origin is not the bottom rung anymore. Nice. I would absolutely love to see old SimCities and just some of the games from the EA Vault, you know, hit services, yeah. hit this service for sure. Well, on Xbox One. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, it needs to not be exclusive to that platform. But as like a first, there's room for this to grow into a super cool thing. I, I will be shocked if EA doesn't put it on every platform they possibly can. Exactly. Why are everything? <laughs> 
Uh, Aransky, we're taking a strange corner here. Zombie Aransky. Uh, before we jump into the Hearthstone talk, we're going to talk about Destiny. So if you just want to go to the... Yeah, already did. He already did it. He, he knows did. what's up. I figured it out. Uh, the Destiny beta ended over the weekend. Mm. You guys get a chance to play? A yep. little. What do you think? Loved it. Loved it. Great time. Played an hour, put down the controller, I'm like, I'm sold. Yeah. Just bring me the full game. I don't want to have anything else spoiled. Yeah, I, I, I sat it out for pretty much that reason. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, I, like, a beta to me, if I don't have to play it for my job, sure. like, it's like, hey, would you like your first experience with this game to be kind of buggy and crappy? Have, play a beta. Yeah, and then um, do you want to play that exact same thing when the game comes yeah. out and you're really and, excited for it? Hey, you get to lose all your progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds great. No, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait for the, for the real deal. Yeah, what I just wanted guys? to try because I'd done the, the alpha or whatever right after E3, and that mm -hmm. was fun. But I had been kind of dropped in randomly. I wasn't sure what was happening. So to play this, have the story from the get go, be able to understand. I was like, ah, oh, this is awesome. And for your job, it's, it is beneficial for you to get in there and understand it from, from day one. I guess. Yep. <laughs> just make stuff up. <laughs> you guys be in my strike team? No. No. Uh, today, Activision announced 4.6 million people played the Dang. beta, which is apparently the largest ever for a new IP, largest ever beta for a new IP. Okay. Mm. All you have to do is just make it look just like Halo and Mass Effect, and you know, together. Yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of my uh, analyst sources, Ray Young, believes <laughs> Destiny could prove to be as big as, if not bigger than, Call of Duty this year. Uh, I believe it. Uh, you do? Yeah, yeah he says, overall, we estimate... No, that's a, that's a different quote. That's a different one. Oh, yeah. oh. The key title in the third quarter will be Activision Bungie's new title, Destiny. One of the most anticipated titles this year. Checks are showing that Destiny has the potential to be as big as, if not bigger than, Call of Duty this year. We have modeled shipping of 8 million units of Destiny in the third quarter, which may prove conservative. For perspective, recently, Ubisoft revealed it had shipped in 8 million units, units of its new IP, Watch Dogs. And we believe the potential for Destiny is greater than that for Watch Dogs. Yeah, I, I, I totally believe it. I believe it's yeah. bigger than Watch Dogs, but I, yeah. I don't, I don't Call see Duty's it. Like, you're talking about like Duty. 20 million in sales, right? Yeah. Well, for the recent ones, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's falling. I, to I absolutely believe that Destiny could be the best-selling game of the year. I, I have a really I hard time. I have a really hard time believing that. I can't swallow that pill. Uh, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting with those gamers because we're following it and we know it's up. But Call of Duty has its audience that's just Call of Duty, and then on top of yeah. that, you add the hardcore IGN fan who you know consumes everything about it. So like the beta, they eventually opened it up to everybody, but you would presume that it was not open for a super long length of time. It was a 10 gigabyte download. Yeah, it was kind of you need to be kind of plugged into video games to have checked out this beta, and 4.6 million people did. Yeah, I don't know. I I think like when that game's on store shelves and WalMarts and Targets and other places, GameStops. I, I just yeah, think that, that people, people right now are so hungry for something to yep. play on their Xbox Ones and PlayStation 4s, sure. and this was a free thing that is you know, supposed to be like the next big thing that's really going to yeah. push your system. Yeah. I, I think that's probably... And, and it's also like, hey, what, what's Bungie going to do after Halo? There's a lot of curiosity there. I don't know if that's going to translate into people actually running out and buying it right away, especially if... Oh, man. Especially, like, there, I mean, there have been some, some you know, wishy-washy things we've heard about the amount of content that's actually in there, how much there is to do once you hit the level cap, how quickly you'll hit the level, level cap. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's unproven. It'll, every, be, it'll be interesting to see. Every Halo game has always been consistently a bestseller. It's one of the biggest franchises in video but games. But not as big as, as Call of Duty. And well, yeah, but they weren't like partnered up with Activision's ability to manufacture hits, More and the game's great. Platform. Yeah, and it's yeah. and it's on last gen and current gen. Yeah, we'll see. It's crazy that Activision has both Destiny and Call of Duty. Like, if it has the two biggest games of the year, 
It's nuts. People hate on Activision, but they've got those. They've got, you know, Hearthstone is... Sky, is Skylander, World of Warcraft yeah, is still like, the unchallenged always, yeah, Very, very good at making money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Here's a question. Will Destiny outsell Master Chief Collection? Definitely. Yes. Yeah. So I will play Master Chief yeah. Collection more. I just wonder, like, does that bother Microsoft? Like, Bungie's new IP will outsell... It's, it's, latest Halo it's, a, it's a collection. It's, it's a it's a yeah. anthology. It's not it's not a new thing that people haven't played yet. Right. Like that's it's not it's not an apples to apples thing. Master Chief Collection is so good. Also, I, it's only on one platform. I literally wake up and I'm like, I can't believe that Master Chief Collection is a thing. That <laughs> thought like goes through my head. Like I'm so like I was such you're a like, oh the baby. <laughs> 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 It's so, like it's so it's like a dream game. It's like I played so much Halo 2 and Halo 3 and Halo Reach. Now they're all together, all those maps, all those modes. Like I absolutely anticipate that Master Chief Collection is going to be like my game for years. Like that's wow. going to be my go-to game for years and years and years. I genuinely mm-hmm. believe that. And like it feels like they're doing it right. Like all these, well, wait a second, are you doing like they've covered off on like all the weird questions, like all the weird things that could have made it not be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but in no like world does that game outsell Destiny. I think well, I think it could potentially outsell Destiny on the Xbox One. Maybe like sure. that, that's that's the only place that it's really going to be a, a, a contest. Yeah. Uh, potentially. By, by the way, I am still bummed that there's no Destiny on PC. That's dumb. PC mm, gaming yeah. finally dead. Yep. <laughs> um, this is the, this analyst reports comes on the, the tails of uh, Activision's second quarter sale. Uh, yeah, earnings reports. Does it surprise you to learn or to know? that 60% of Activision's revenue last quarter comes from digital revenue. No, not at all. Especially considering they own World of Warcraft. And Hearthstone. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Hearthstone probably isn't making them nearly as oh, much money. I, I, I mean, it's, it's making them money, but it's probably not, like, that much money. It's, I mean, it's impossible to speculate, but I, would, I mean, I would say it's a, probably a decent chunk. I, I bet it is. Uh, yeah, so in the and second quarter... I mean, digital revenue, I mean, that, that's... that's Factoring DLC, it's yeah, factoring for, uh, for Call of Duty Ghosts. It's factoring all PC, you know, virtually all PC uh, sales of Call of Duty. A digital console sales, like right. yeah. So 60, I mean, does it surprise me? I, I guess I agree with Dan. Like since it includes WoW and stuff like that, yeah, maybe not. But that's still, I mean, actually, that, we should clarify: is is this Activision or Activision Blizzard? Activision Blizzard. Okay, so Act, Activision yeah. Blizzard is the parent company that owns both Activision and Blizzard. Yeah. So it's wow. it's uh, yeah, it definitely. That, like, WoW still makes so much money. Yeah. So much money. It's true. Thanks, China. <laughs> uh, speaking of Hearthstone. I was going to be a China story. Speaking of China. Yeah. <laughs> I have some fine China. Uh, the uh, expansion's been out for a week now. First quarter, first wing of the expansion. Did the uh, second wing ever go live? Is that out now? Yeah, I tried to. I actually tweeted out a picture this morning. Uh, for the second week in a row, Blizzard had some problems um, rolling it out. Uh, I, it's, it says purchase successful, and then below that and behind that, it says your purchase failed. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, and so there's still like I'm terrified that I'm gonna look at my credit card and I will have been charged like four times because I kept trying to hit the button. Yeah. And, I, and I actually still don't have access to the content, but. For most people, it is out and live, but it was once again kind of a shaky rollout, mm-hmm. um, just because of the volume of people trying to get in, presumably. Well, what do you think about what you've played so far? Yeah, I mean, besides the bugginess of the rollout, the actual content itself is great. Super, super polished. The mm-hmm. new cards are actually like really viable, and they're being used in a lot of decks yeah. and like changing the way that the game is played. Um, the bosses on heroic are like crazy tough. Like, mm-hmm. so they struck that right difficulty balance where like 
casual players or players that aren't like super hardcore in a Hearthstone can get through them on normal and unlock the new cards. Then the heroic challenges are there and will really like, even if you're a great player, you'll really need to think about how you clear that content. And it, I gave Blizzard a hard time and I sort of continue to for how long it took them to get this out the door, but it's like the finished product is always so good mm -hmm. that it's like, well, how much can you really complain? Do you think it's the right amount of content for the price? Um, Which is what again? 20 bucks for five. 20 bucks for all of it. Yeah. Um, or like $5 for, for like the, each wing, which is three bosses. I don't know. It feels a little bit like you're going to get through those bosses once, and right now they're not giving you a lot of reason to go back to them. And mm -hmm. so it sort of feels like people are forced to pay that $20 just to get access to a few new cards. That's how, what it's really about. How long did it take you to play through that wing? Well, on normal, I got through all the bosses on my first or second try, but I'm pretty good at the game. It might take other people longer. Heroic, I'm still working on some of them, um, but they don't. that's kind of just for fun. But like, how, how long did that normal playthrough take you? An hour. Yeah, that's 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 a little steep for for an hour's worth of content if you're not if you're not like interested in buying yeah. those new cards anyway. Yeah. Then it ends up being like five hours spread over five weeks. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they are doing some stuff like there's challenges to play through some of these bosses with specific like uh, classes and stuff like that. Um, so you know, Blizzard did some things to up the replay value, and heroic does help a lot. Um, it does feel like it feels a little bit like. You have to have the cards if you're into this game at all. Yeah. And so you kind of yeah. have to buy the content whether you care about it or not. Like, sure. Well, they did give you the rest of the game for free, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but, yeah, Damon, I, like Damon said, you never spent a cent on Hearthstone, so you were happy until, to give them until 20 now. bucks. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm happy with the content. I, I like the new bosses. I think they're really cool. I like the, the new cards. I was already like, was on an arena run last night, and I already see people you know, using the new cards and play. So. And you, you guys are both playing on iPad rather than PC or Mac? When I can, I play at my PC just because it runs better than my iPad 2. That's all. Yeah, the game, that's actually a great point. Uh, I think we've said it out loud, but it bears <coughs> repeating that the game says it supports iPad 2, but that's not a great way to play yeah. Hearthstone. It supports. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It will work, but it's... It's a really long load in the front. Yeah, that's what I play. slow and everything. Um, I, I wish they would sort out the, the release. Like I, I, I was looking forward to going home last night and playing it, but it wasn't out. Like it was they delayed the release till they delayed the release till midnight. No one's exactly sure why, but I think it's because then there would be less people like hammering that server all at that moment. Like as people wake up, they would maybe you know download the Trickle stuff. In, download. But even me, like I woke up, I got up early because of the baby, and I tried to get it like five a.m. and it was still all jacked up. So yeah, one of our listeners, Craig Campbell from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma writes in. Heard you guys mention having a lot of fun with Hearthstone. I went ahead and downloaded to try it. The card art looks great, and the introduction missions really hooked me. The game looks to be a lot of fun. However, after the tutorial missions, I have lost every match against the computer and other players. <laughs> I know that there are guides out there on the internet that I can research, but I was hoping to sit down and enjoy this game casually. I want to enjoy Hearthstone, but the constant loosing makes it hard to have fun. <laughs> My question is this, how did you guys cope with the losses early on? Yeah, I mean, the Justin's like, I've never lost. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, I got into the game so early. Like, I was one of the first people to get into the beta. And so, yeah, I mean, I lost some then, but, like, people didn't really know that much about the game yet. Like, people yeah. hadn't optimized what decks were good or what was good. Like, if you're coming into it now, it will be a little bit late. I would say maybe stop playing the CPU and try playing other players because it does have a matchmaking system behind the scenes. And it'll try to, like, if you lose a bunch of matches, it'll eventually match you against a bunch of other losers. And then you can start winning. Um, <laughs> so that would be my suggestion. And then um, Be the king of the losers. You unlock, as you use each class, you unlock more cards for that class. And so, you know, play against other people and you'll win some, you lose some. And then when you hit rank 10, you'll have all the mage cards and then you'll have, you know, some more deck building options at your disposal. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I wasn't frustrated uh, when I first started playing. I do have a lot of experience playing Magic. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm a great Hearthstone player by any means. I think I'm a decent Hearthstone player, but maybe it's just having years of experience with other card games sort of helps prepare me for it. I don't know, I just think the game is super fun even when I'm losing. Like, I just, I love building decks, trying out new decks and card combos, and yeah. it's very satisfying to me. I've had some spectacular losses that were kind yeah. of impressive and fun. Nice. Uh, all right, we're moving on. I think you want to say anything else about Hearthstone? Then let it, lay it to rest. Cardtastic. We'll never mention Hearthstone again. RIP. I do not believe that. For a <laughs> every week now. Probably can't go half hour without mentioning Hearthstone. Uh, tomorrow, or today, depending on when you're listening and watching this, is the 25th anniversary of the Game Boy's release here in North America. Well, we're old. The little system that could. Yep. There it is. There oh. she is! I'm, I'm bummed. I forgot to bring mine in. I still have my <laughs> original uh, 1989 Game Is it all like, it's got that like yellow look to it? Yeah, it's yep. like and a... it's got, got kind of the, the lines down the screen, yep, the dead, yep, yep, the dead yep. lines, yeah. But it still, it still works. It still, still plays Tetris. Oh, that's, oh, that's all you need. Yeah, that's, it's, it's my little Tetris machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are your first memories of the Game Boy? Oh, my lord. I think I got the Game Boy for Christmas from my grandparents. So, it, you know, it was released in July, but I don't, I don't think I got it until I got mine Christmas. at Christmas, too. And I remember yeah. my mom was like, there's no way I'm spending $100 on a video game. Isn't that crazy? It was only 100 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, and adjusted so, for inflation. Anthony Uncle Scott bought it for me. And yeah. I, I turned it on that night and had Tetris and golf. And yeah. that watching me play and then passing it back and forth with my uncle, that sold him. And next time we came to visit, he had one, too. That's actually a really good point. I think Game Boy brought in a lot of adult yeah. right. players. Right. Like, like businessmen that were, that were on, like traveling. Exactly. My, my uncle took the train every day to be a lawyer in Chicago, and so he'd have it, and he'd play yeah. there, and he'd play a round of golf, or he'd play Tetris or whatever. Yeah. I, uh, I just remember, like, my aunt's boyfriend had one, and I kept nagging him to let me play it. Yeah. So eventually they just bought me one. For, it was for Christmas. My grandparents got it for me for Christmas. That's awesome. And, uh, and I also remember that uh, in, like, the fifth grade, I had to get braces. And I was I was like pissed off about that. Oh, yeah. So, to, so to, to pacify me, my parents bought me a copy of Super Faceball. Okay. Yeah. It's it kind of like a super rudimentary uh, first-person shooter before that was a thing. Gotcha. Weird. Yeah. I was always a Game, game Gear kid. I know. Ah. I thought you were going to be a Game Gear kid as well. Oh, I, I, this, is, this is the first Nintendo system I ever owned. I went back and forth with that in the Game Gear. And it, it, was, it was my first Mario game that I owned. Like Super I, Mario Land. Yeah, yeah, I remember like seeing the commercial for that and being like, that's so cool. And yeah. then we went out to pizza that night. And I went to get my j jacket like when we were leaving. And my mom and dad had gone in front of me. Aww. And dad was like convincing my mom, like, no, he really wants it. We should go get it for him. Like so, they like surprised me, and after pizza, took me to the store to buy Super Mario. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I want to clarify that the Game Gear. I, I'm not saying that was a smart choice. Oh God, my no, part. No, no, no. But I was a Sega Genesis kid, <laughs> yeah. and then I was a loyal Game Gear kid. And in hindsight, that was a gigantic mistake. You play the you play the hand you're dealt. All of yeah. our allegiance to Sega yeah. was a bad call. <laughs> <laughs> I regret it every day of my life. Game Gear Genesis was a great system. Genesis sure, is a fantastic. Sure, system. Game Gear is a disaster in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Master um, System wasn't that's fun. The thing, like, this set me on the path to a Saturn. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of problems I have. <laughs> a lot of rage I got about staying inside me. Did you get that 32X? No, that, that was it. The line, had, the, it was drawn. We were, I had a Sega CD and played a lot of Sewer Shark. Yeah. So much. Yeah. 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 So, I never owned a Sega. I did, so, so my Game Boy memory, I don't have a great Game Boy memory, but I've caught up on those games like piecemeal over the years. Like, sure. I finally played Link's Awakening, and it's fantastic. So um, I think I even think Metroid 2 is underrated. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of those good Game Boy games I've caught up on. The th right around the same time, there are a bunch of other handheld gaming systems that came out. The Game Gear, 
the Turbo Graphics, uh, the oh, Turbo those are, Express. Those yeah. are links. Yeah. Well, yeah. Atari links. Atari yeah. links. Yeah. The Turbo Express played all of the Turbo Graphics games just on the go. Yeah, like, it was like so far ahead of its time. It wasn't even a different. <laughs> wasn't even a different system. Uh, but none of those other systems caught on. Only the Game Boy caught on. Right. It's crazy. It had Mario. So it had, it, so had, it, had, it had a character we all recognized. And it had Tetris. Yeah. Came with the system. Yeah. It had the killer app. And it was the cheapest of all of them. Right. And it had a better battery life. My, right. That's exactly. That's my theory is that the, the handheld console that has a better battery life is always one. Did you guys ever have like the, the peripherals for the for this one? Of course. Like I had I had I had the, the, the magnifying the, glass. I had the magnifying the handy boy. <laughs> No, I, I, I didn't have a speaker. Somewhat playable. The I had the speaker. I had well, that. I had, I, had the, the, I had the oversized Game Boy case that you yeah. opened. That looked like a giant Game Boy, and you opened up. I, I did. Ha I did have the speaker that went on the bottom, but I didn't have the. What, what are the wings there that, that flap open? That's for your stereo sound. Yeah, oh, yeah. Holy speakers. Yeah, yeah. It's like a home theater system <laughs> up yeah, in here. Yeah. But I, I did have the magnifier like. Yeah. The copy reads, it's the stereo amplifying, screen magnifying, night lighting, fire button enlarging, thumbstick <laughs> controlling, compacting, e compacting, easy carrying accessory for your Game Boy. Woo! Try saying that three times fast. It's don't, a don't mouthful. It. <laughs> but that's what you get when you have it all. Other Game Boy accessories leave you with nothing to say. <laughs> Here, there's only, one, there's only one worth talking about. From the company STD. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! One of my definitive Game Boy memories before I got the giant carrying case is that I was bringing it to school and I had it in a brown paper bag <laughs> and I had my lunch in a brown paper bag and I was trying to get into my locker and I was like, I should drop my lunch and, and you I dropped the Game Boy and then you accidentally ate your Game it Boy. It smacked and it wouldn't turn back on and I oh. burst into tears and I was oh, trying no. to figure out and so like in like a last ditch <laughs> effort of like that will go. For the rest of my life and how technology works, I was like, well, maybe if I drop it again, it'll start working. <laughs> and so I did it, and sure enough, <laughs> it turned on on the next one. Right. And so for the rest of that Game Boy's life, if it didn't turn on, I would drop it on something, and then it would come back to life. These things were actually wow. really well built. There's all sorts of stories. Like, I dropped it off my deck, right. I dropped it in the pool, and it still worked after yeah, yeah. you dro dried it off. There's that story about uh, someone in the uh, original Gulf War. Yep. Like it was I've like seen that Game Boy. It's it was, not... This Game Boy was in an explosion, and it's all like burnt and melted. You can still turn it on and play. If you <laughs> visit crazy. Nintendo's headquarters in yeah. Washington, they have that Game Boy there. It's crazy. Yeah, it was actually the the it's the first and last handheld gaming system I ever bought. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'll never do this again. Yeah, well, I've got everything I need right here. Why do I need something else? Uh, how good was Donkey Kong '94 to Game Boy? Oh yeah, I wanted uh... to ask you about some of your favorite Game Boy games, but yeah, that one is so good. And it spawned a whole, like, it spawned Mario vs. That's Donkey like Mario vs. Donkey Kong. Like a whole now. Yeah. franchise now. Yeah. Man, I just, I couldn't believe they improved on Donkey Kong, whatever, like 15 years after its release. It's I mean, it's a totally different, like, they turned it into this clever I mean, puzzle was, game, puzzle yeah. platforming, like, thing that had never existed before. And it's, and it's weird, like, it eventually did get ported, and you can actually buy it from the 3DS eShop now. But for a long time, like, it's not called Donkey Kong 94, it's just called Donkey Kong. But it's not yeah. Donkey Kong. It's this weird. <laughs> and it's the clever thing is it starts out yeah. like Donkey Kong. You play through the original yeah. three levels or so, and then it opens up to this whole other like puzzle platformer. But it's like it's so good. It's like one of the best. Like I would put it in one of the best games ever. Like certainly if we were doing the top hundred games ever, that would be on the list. And like for a long time, like you couldn't. You had to like buy a cart on eBay. Like that was yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's on the Virtual Console now. Yeah, like I said, now you can. 3DS. There's so yeah. all kinds of access to it. But I mean, 3DS owning listeners who don't have uh, who never played it. You should definitely check out Donkey Kong 94. I bought it on my 3DS, and I couldn't... Like, if you, you have to run a search for Donkey Kong, and it brings up a million things before <laughs> Game Boy Donkey Kong. Uh, I mean, Alleyway was a launch game that I think I had. It was just like a breakout clone with, like, Mario characters. That one was really fun. You guys play Motocross Maniacs? Mm -hmm. It's a 2D side scroll. It's like Excitebike, like, on steroids. Uh, just with, like, crazier courses and loops and all that stuff. That game was really fun. 
met with silence. We didn't, we didn't, I didn't play it. My parents didn't believe in motorcycles. <laughs> uh, another reason, another thing that's so, so crazy that it was the only successful handheld from the time is that it, it, it kind of looks like garbage when you oh, really yeah. came down to it. And games like uh, Super Mario Land were like hard to play because of the screen blur. Yeah. It's crazy. All those Mario Land games, we, <laughs> for months, we've been cooking up a feature where we rank the Mario games. Damon's been a part of this process. Yeah. And so we had to go back through and play the Mario Land games again because no one could quite remember. Like, there'd be, no, those games are really good. No, those games are garbage. So it's like, well, we can't, like, I know my memory of Mario 3, for example. Yeah, yeah. But Mario Land, like, I don't know that I can trust myself. And to go back and play them now. Don't hold up. The original Mario Land is weird. Like, it is a weird game. And Mario's crazy tiny, and the Goombas are, like, these little round, like, it's just, it's it strange. It's like off, like off canon, right? Yeah, and it does. And you're, and yeah, and that's the thing. You're in. This isn't Mario canon. You're not in the Mushroom Kingdom. You're in the real world. You're running by like the pyramids and right. stuff. Mario like, flies a plane. Like, yeah, yeah. Plane in it. it's they're just weird games. They're strange. Well, so is Super Mario Brothers too. So yeah, but that's that at least is a reason behind it. Like yeah. you know, because it started as something else. The Game Boy brand lasted for so long, and then they canceled it. They yes. like ended it in like what 2006 or seven or something. Uh, and I think that's so crazy. Like it's yeah. such a strong, long-running brand. They're just like, no, now it's the Nintendo DS. Yeah, I, I, I think I get back. Yeah. That's why when they un- when they introduced the Nintendo 2DS last year, I thought they should have called it the Game Boy DS. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? I would have liked that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, well, like when the DS came out, I, I was referring it to as the Game Boy DS forever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, everyone at the time that Nintendo DS obviously went on to be a huge success, but sure. that was not clear for a long and time. Not until like Brain Age and Nintendo came yeah. out, even after the console light, launched. Really. And so that, yeah. was, that was the speculation, was they hedged their bets by not calling it Game Boy. And if the DS turned into a disaster, gotcha. then they would have come out with the successor to the GBA, the Game Boy mm-hmm. Advance, and then been able to bring back the Game Boy name. Yeah, after the Advance, they had the Game Boy Micro. Yeah. It was a little weird. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, the Game Boy Advance was awesome. Yeah. Especially the Game Boy SP. Advance SP. SP was yeah. the deal, the clamshell? Oh, come on. Man. I played some more Mario vs. Donkey Kong on that system, yeah. too. Okay. Game Boy Advance SP was an incredibly good console. Yeah, that, was that awesome. Famicom version. Yeah, that's exactly the one I have. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. That was the first one with rechargeable battery. Yeah, Game Boy uh, Advance yeah. itself took batteries. Yeah, Game Boy Advance right. SP is the first one that came. I remember reading the instruction manual, and it's like, yep. it only gets 500 charges, so wear it down. And I'm like, <laughs> I will. <laughs> my friend would try to plug it in, I'm like, no, man, how much batteries left? I'm Quarter? still like, I'm still F like that. that. I'm like that with my laptop now. Yeah, yeah. There was also the Super Game Boy. Yeah, which is pretty cool. It let you play Game Boy games on your TV. Yeah. And it added oh, color, right, right, kind right. of. You could yeah. pick. And then certain games like yeah. Donkey Kong yep. would add like a like artwork around. Yeah, was, yeah. Was, that, was, that, was that its own system or was that a cartridge you plugged into? Cartridge a, you plugged yeah, into your right. Super Nintendo. Yeah, I, I, I had one of those, I think. And it looked great. Like the, yeah. It did away with like the motion blur on the screen. I think I, that's how I played Link's Awakening. And then some games would have like special, like most of the games would just like add different hues. Like do you want it to be the red hue or the yellow hue or the green hue? But some games had like Super Game Boy support and actually were like kind of proper, yeah, yeah. you know, they would really have cool. different colors. I miss the Game Boy. I wish they would bring that back. They will. It'll be, good. It'll be so? back, Damon. It'll be a big deal when it's like back. Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. There was a weird, but there was a weird transition with the Game Boy Color. That was a little bit strange. How so? Well, because they had the Game Boy Color that was sort of like what I'm talking about with the keys, but then there were some games that were only on the Game Boy Color that you couldn't play on the old Game Boy, but the two consoles lived side by side, and yeah. like, that was a bit of a dark period. But even before the Game Boy Color, there was Game Boy Pocket, right? Oh, yeah. That yeah. was just a smaller... It was just a thinner one, right? Yeah, yeah, but still only in black and white. But I was playing Game Boy Color in, like, uh, in college. I worked at the front desk of my dorm, and I'd be sitting there playing Game Boy Color. And if 
I, if I think back, I think I had like several Game Boy Colors in different colors, like over the years. I don't wow. know why. I guess they would break and I'd just buy another one. I, uh, I, I think it's time they bring back the Virtual Boy. Get yeah. on this Oculus bandwagon. They started the virtual reality. Before we leave the Game Boy discussion, I want to share this ad for Godzilla on Game Boy. Ooh. It's incredible <laughs> for a number of different reasons here. I'll be back. First of all, yeah, Godzilla is saying, I'll be back on, <laughs> on Game, Game Boy. Boy. First of all, where did he go? <laughs> where is he going? Like, he's telling us, I'm leaving now. Oh, yeah. Why is he saying, I'll be back? Why is he saying Arnold Schwarzenegger's tagline? Yeah. Why is Game Boy in quotes, I'll be back on Game Boy? <laughs> Suspicious quotes. Look at how crazy his big his hand, hand is. is yep. it's, like just, a, it's like a baseball glove. That's just depth of feel. How long, how long so is his arm? Oh, I don't know. That's like someone screwed up the ad. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Where? Yeah, it's like they, they took the picture and, and tried to put the Game Boy on. It's like, oh, his hand's too small. Yeah. Just, let's take another picture of the hand and blow yeah. it way up and slap it on there. But that looks terrible. Dude, who cares? <laughs> I've got to salvage this Godzilla's thing. back, or he will be. <laughs> yeah. When? Godzilla doesn't even talk. Godzilla, Why is he talking? Godzilla will never come back if we don't make this ad. Their errors were made, yep. but the Toho Company Limited continues <laughs> its Godzilla train. That's true. Uh, they just released a new Godzilla in uh, Japan. It was the number one at the box office. Yay. The first non-Disney number one at the Japanese box office in like 19 weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Because they had Frozen, The Maleficent, and then uh, Planes, Fire and Rescue were all number one movies until Godzilla came along. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listen. Are, do you think? Sorry, do you think there's people in Japan that are watching like American cartoons, like adults, and they're like, no, it's not like the way that people here watch anime, and they're like, no, it's art and it's this big deal, but they're just watching like SpongeBob. Uh, I don't, I don't like know. Like the opposite of an otaku. <laughs> Probably. I mean, they they put a bunch of uh, English words on their shirts they don't understand. Yeah. Sorry, that's just, actually true. You just you, you made me think of it because Disney's the tops over there. Can I share with you the best? English on a t-shirt that I saw. I forget which time I was there, one of my trips to TGS. I was in McDonald's and this girl was like young. She was maybe like 12 or 13 and she was wearing this shirt that said, 666 Adrenaline Fuck. <laughs> I, I, still, I, I'm still pr- I like the one that you, me, and uh, Geddes saw, the one that was the picture of Beethoven. Yeah. And then it just said, motherfucking Beethoven. <laughs> I was like, yeah. We're gonna buy that shirt. You get that shirt for your daughter? Yeah. That's also where uh, the phrase, let's get panda, comes from. Yeah. Anyway. Well, hello, shark. Nice to meet you, wasn't it? Yeah, I put on cat. I'm shark. Nice to meet you. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I put on cat. Uh... Checking in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Kyle did. Kyle says, what would you do? What if scenario? But, <laughs> what? what would you do if you were reviewing a game and encountered a game-breaking bug <gasps> that kept you from finishing the game? Recently on my playthrough of Wolf Among Us, I had to replay one section of the game five times until it finally stopped freezing up on me. I liked the game, but this really damaged the experience for me, and I almost gave up. What kind of bugs have hampered your gameplay experiences? First, Dan, what's IGN's policy if we're reviewing a game and it, there's a game-breaking bug that prevents us from finishing it? If, it? if it's broken, it's broken. We give it a really low score, mm-hmm. like in the three or two area. Like, mm-hmm. But that, mm-hmm. honestly, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And generally, like, oftentimes, if, we're getting, if we get games before they come out, uh, we will get in touch with the developer and say, hey, this is, yeah. this is broken. How do we fix this? Um, and you know, if, if we if we can test it out, uh, you know, they'll, they'll give us a patch, and then if we can test it out, then it's working before it, before we have to post the review. 
then we can get around that because uh, that's always really awful to have to do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because I mean, with, like, with a situation like Wolf Among Us, it's like, hey, this is a really good game. We really hope they fix this and we don't have to say it's, it's broken. Um, but yeah, honestly, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Um, but yeah, usually... Usually there's there's a fix that, like you know when, when you're playing games before they before they come out sure. they're not finished right yeah. not completely finished yeah. we also I feel like what happens more often is the opposite you know since bugs are sometimes uncommon yep. um, you know we'll review a game and give it a glowing review and then there's you know widespread or fairly widespread reports of their issues and people think why didn't IGN bring this up they're right on a publisher side but it's like well we can't report on things that didn't happen to us yep. yeah you hit a wall at a certain spot or this happens or yeah. like Fallout New Vegas yeah. you yeah. have to equip this hat and go here to do this and then everything's over well, well, Fallout like, New Vegas I, I played all the way through I had like one crash yeah. the whole yeah, time yeah. and it's like this is great and then yeah. everyone's like what are you and I played it before release too yeah. uh, like yeah. there was, was a patch shy of everything and like I had virtually no problems. I think another great example is Battlefield Four. Mitch had no problems with it. He, he never got kicked out of a match yep. until like weeks after it came out. Yeah. So let's say like let's say a game ten percent of people experience major bugs in a game. Like that's a disaster. That's so many people. But like that still means the odds of a reviewer having that happen to them before they have a chance to talk about the game with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. You know, the odds are low that you yep. would encounter yep. any of those. Roughly issues. one in ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, 10 percent failure rate would be huge. Yeah, so uh, it's a, it's a challenge, and that I feel like it happens in that direction yeah. more. Often. And, and when when you think about it, like if if uh, if a game has a one percent failure rate, like one out of a hundred people, uh, if a game sells a million copies, it's a lot of people who, who have who have problems, mm-hmm. and they're going to go on the forums and yell really loud and say this game is broken. Yeah, um, give it a zero score on Metacritic. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I and and they're they're. Their grief is legitimate. I mean, that's that sucks to buy yeah, a game. What's that not legitimate is to then say that we are on the take. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I do, I do understand where they're coming from. Sure, because uh, that that absolutely does suck. And at the same time, like sometimes we'll we we will run into that problem where it's like this game is buggy as hell. It's broken. We can't play it. It gets a really low score. And then people will come on and say, "You you guys were paid by the other guys to get this low score because I played through it just fine." It's yeah, like yeah. we can only. Say I never saw that problem, yeah. so then it doesn't exist. Yeah, we we can only say what happens to us. Yeah, and it's not gonna. Necessarily happen to everybody. The bug that stands out to me is uh, Dead Island. Mm. Yeah, very, I remember that. Very early in the game, I got stuck in a house, like a cabin. There was an invisible door. Yeah, I like opened the door to leave, and then was like, <laughs> couldn't leave. <laughs> and then the zombies were outside; they couldn't come in, and I could just—I never got out of that room, so I wasn't able to play Dead Island. You're still in that room. Today. I am. My character's still there. <laughs> At least I thought. You're safe from zombies. Yeah, he's safe. I'm safe in that house. You won. You won the game. If there's anywhere you want to be stuck, yeah, I won Dead Island. I've survived. My one is Dead Island 2. Or Dead Island, what what was the second one that isn't the second one? Uh, Dead Island. Epidemic. Riptide. Riptide. Or Riptide. Oh, yeah. Uh, Where I was playing it before release and before a patch clarified collectibles. And so, like, I went out, like, I was trying to platinum it before it even came out, and I got to underneath just a few collectibles, and I had, I eventually was like, I don't know where these are, I had them, I had the developer email me where the locations were, and I'm like, they aren't there. Yeah. And I went out and bought the guide that was at GameStop, <laughs> I had markers like a madman, all these scribbles, and I'm like, they're just not, they don't exist. And so I was like, well, there's, like, 30 hours of my life I'm not getting back. But I enjoyed the ride up until that point, so I wasn't too upset. What's going on with Dead Island is confusing. They announced Dead Island 2 at right. E3, and then after E3 they announced another Dead Island game. It's a Dead Island Escape MOBA. from Dead Island. That's it's De- Dead, Island, Dead Island Epidemic, and then there's, yeah. there's the one that takes place in the island of California. Yeah. Uh, that's Dead Island 2. Um, and it's a metaphorical island. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> that's confusing. Uh, I, I think it's just two games, isn't it? I don't know. 
Yeah, it is. No, there's their a name. Their, oh, there's a their whole one. naming scheme has gotten very convoluted. Right. Um, I, it's an archi- me. archipelago. Yeah, at this point, a dead archipelago. <laughs> I'm not going to condone that pun. <laughs> we, uh, I got to 499 orbs in Crackdown. Yeah, and then it wasn't a bug. Like I'm sure the 500th one is out there, but they didn't give you any mechanism. They're not on a map anywhere. You can't like buy like. There's no even a guide wouldn't have helped because I don't know the 499 I've collected. Like yeah. so, I just. Years ago, let it go, and it let just, it go. Uh, I, I think one of, one of the one of the famous ones was uh, the original black and white, mm. uh, where they I believe they sent out the review copy, uh, and then they patched it like like the review copy worked, and then they they patched it before they shipped it, and they broke the last level. <laughs> so like everyone's like, oh, this game is really cool, and then it and comes out and like, oh, this this game is broken, you can't finish it. It's like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> Greg, I picked this next question mostly for you. Oh, thanks. <clears throat> it's from Evan. Evan Gulling? I went to high school with him. Yep. He <laughs> says, so we all know WB Montreal could have done a better job on Arkham Origins. Yeah, come on, come on. I know you liked it, yeah. but could it have been better? Was it as good? Could as every the- game be better? Yes. <laughs> Except uh, for Super I, Metroid. Except for Super <laughs> Metroid. <laughs> uh, I, I reviewed it. I liked it, too. Yeah. I, gave, I said it was a good game. But yeah, there's a lot of room for improvement. For one thing, those stupid shot gauntlets can go straight to hell. It's like, hey, let's let's take everything that's really cool about the combat system and then make it not matter anymore. Right. Great, great idea, guys. He asks, but does this mean that WB Montreal is done with the franchise? Now that Rocksteady is supposedly done with standalone Batman games, will WB Montreal continue to make them, or could they begin working on spinoff games in the same universe? If so, what spinoff would you like to see? I'd like to see them do a Green Arrow game that could play like a mix of Arkham City and the Tomb Raider reboot, which actually sounds really cool. That does sound totally rad. That's a really good one. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think WB Montreal's finished. I mean, with the Batman Arkham series, that's another can of worms. I think how Arkham Knight plays will tell you what's going to happen next. I still hold out hope that in Arkham Knight, Superman and Wonder Woman, or just Superman, will show up and be like, hey... Do you need help with this? And Batman, of course, will be like, get the hell out of here. They'll be like, all right, just like they did to Robin, spoilers, in Arkham City. And then they'll take off and be gone, but that'll give us the hint that Rocksteady's moving on to either a Superman game, or if it is Superman in one room, then a Justice League game that will go that way. And if that's what Rock, if that actually happens and that's where it's going with Rocksteady, then I don't think they're going to let WB Montreal get in there and muck around in that universe as much. See, I feel differently. I think absolutely they're going to give WB Montreal an opportunity to continue making Arkham games. Um, I mean, this is based on nothing, right? Yeah. But just, like, first of all, I know Arkham Origins. I actually didn't like Arkham Origins. I didn't think it had the right feel. It just didn't feel the same. They did um, tweak the combat in some some kind of weird, subtle way yeah. that I, I, like, the timing is slightly yeah, different. Yeah, the timing was different. And so, uh, you know, even... With that context, like I wasn't wild about the game, I still think they proved that as like a first effort. Like you think about when like companies like Sledgehammer started making Call of Duty, like those games are bad, but then like they just get better and better and better until like sometimes the B studio can like become the A studio. So. Yeah, well, that was that was uh, Treyarch. Uh, that's, excuse right. me, I, yeah, that's what Sled- I meant to Sledgehammer say. Sledgehammer just started making. Yep, yep, yep. I meant to say <laughs> yeah. Treyarch. They were yeah. the ones that continue getting better and better. Yeah, like Call of Duty Three was was Treyarch's yep. first tra- Call of Duty game, and that that is. Kind of considered to be the worst Call of Duty. We called it the worst one. Yeah, so it, it's uh, like this could very well just be their their first shot at it, and it yeah. wasn't quite up to up to par. And next time, like they, I'm sure they learned a lot of things by by making uh, Arkham Arkham Origins. That's how I feel. Um, I guess the the question would be, uh, would would they then make more Arkham games or just more Batman games? 
Like I, yeah. I think I think that you got to get out of the Arkham yeah. universe. I, I think like they've they've already stretched that tie so tenuously thin. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. calling calling this new villain the Arkham Knight makes no sense. Yeah. I mean like there's there's no way they can explain like say who that guy is and have it make any sense. Like I just can't imagine a scenario. Ark, where he's, that, a, he's Arkham City screwed up his life, and now he's out there trying to make sure nobody's life gets screwed yeah, up. Done. It's just it's just it's just weird. It's know, comics. Like, like the, it doesn't make any sense. He's dressing as a bat. <laughs> like Arkham Origins made no sense. Arkham City barely made any sense. It's like like that's, that's why I'd be down for Arkham Asylum too. Yeah, you could do that. Sure, that would be really cool. But then, but then you're you're scaling it back down again. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Like yeah. I've always liked the diehard scenario. You're confined yeah. to a small area. Like, I, that I just works I want them to get away from Arkham. Call sure. it Batman Gotham something. Got, you know, like give give them uh, uh, the freedom to not be tied to Arkham in any way, shape, or form. Yes, man, even their Twitter account is like Batman Arkham. Like it's yeah. not <laughs> for better or worse. They're hanging their hat on that brand. Yeah, right? I like I, I I never liked that idea. It's it's like Batman is the brand, not Arkham. Anyway. But Batman can go in so many directions. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, you can, do, you can take Batman wherever you want him to go. But no, you've you got to be tied to this prison. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so we don't know what WB Montreal is working on now? Correct. So we'll see. Bonus question. Yeah. What's your interest level in Gotham, the new TV show? Hi. Really? I'm looking forward to it, yeah. I'll see what they got, where they got up their sleeves. What do you got? Fox. CCTV's been good recently. Yeah, but but then this is an entirely different, yeah, different universe. Yeah, different, a, different, a, a different, different creative network. team. Spoilers. Like every DC universe is a different universe up until yeah. this Flash thing that's not out yet that we can't talk about. But so that uh, does not throw me. <laughs> that is not like what? I don't know. Like, I, I look <laughs> this, this isn't in the Smallville universe. I look at this as, as like a blank slate. It could be could be good, could be terrible. Sure. Or somewhere in between. This is Matt Anderson. What's up, Matt? He says Elder Scrolls Online has been out for. Over three months and on it's PC. It's a raging success. As a console player, I have not heard any news on its future release for the consoles, and I have not heard any news on whether or not PC players are enjoying it. Is this game dead? Should I still be interested in this game for my console? Elder Scrolls Online. You played a bunch when it first came out, right? Yeah. I actually can't speak to whether it's dead or not because I had to stop playing it because I had a kid, and MMOs are never going to be a part of my life again. <laughs> um, that, that particular part of my life is over forever. Yeah. Um... But I liked what I played of it, so. But unfortunately, I don't know. Like, I haven't been keeping an eye on like server populations, just knowing whether there's actually anybody enjoying the in-game content. I played about 15 minutes all told, so I'm not the guy to ask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'll say the same thing that I always say, which is that that game got a really, really bad rap, and some of it's fair. But I genuinely believe that in like 12 months, you know, if and when it goes free to play or hits consoles or whatever that you'll see threads pop up on Reddit and other message boards that are like, man, like, I'm glad I gave this game a shot. Like, it's a lot better than people made it out to be. Like, mm. like Batman Arkham Origins. Like, <laughs> if you do give it a shot, like, that world is incredibly detailed. There's so much content. I, I think it's got the best sort of leveling and skill system in any MMO that I've played, and I've played mm-hmm. a lot of them. Um, it's slower paced, right? And that's the opposite direction that the genre kind of goes. Like Final Fantasy XIV is sprinting everywhere and the crazy events with like hundreds of people piling on a boss and it sort of doubles down on like that Guild Wars formula. And Elder Scrolls is like plodding and slow and that I can see how that turns people off. But for me, I would hop into that world and sort of be like totally enveloped in it for like a few hours and then pop back out. And it wasn't afraid to like do its own thing in that sense. Um, the console news was just that it got delayed. Yeah, it was delayed by six months. Yeah. So 
But then they've never talked. But about then it they've again. never talked. Yeah, about they, it. they've yeah. gone. They've yeah. gone real dark on it. Um, I mean, I kind of expect them to pop up with like, oh, here's here's like all the changes we're making. Here's yeah. here's you know how we've responded to the criticism. That studio absolutely has a lot of things they need to sort out with um, that game, and just I suspect you know, based on nothing, my suspicion would be that yeah, I mean the subscriber numbers have been lower than they expected, mm-hmm. um, and they are probably wrestling with. Uh, whether they should or when to go free-to-play, or maybe they need to delay that until after the console version comes out so they can get $60 from people. or like They, they have a lot of challenges ahead of them, um, but the core game, I thought, was great. Yeah. Leaf reviewed it for IGN, right? Leaf, yeah. Leaf, sorry. <laughs> uh, and we actually reached out to him, and we have an audio clip that we'll try to cut in here. But basically he said uh, that he doesn't think it's dead. He still signs on, and he still sees people, sees people running around. So there's no question that it's not taken off the way Bethesda hoped it would, but uh, yeah, he says it's not dead. It's not exactly. I accurate. still want to play it when it comes to PS4. I yeah. still think you'll see a bunch of people get on board when that happens to see what it's about and what's happening. Yeah, I played it for a little bit on PC, but it was just like, yeah. all right, I'll wait. Yeah. And the, like when it, when it does come out on console, it'll be a huge shot in the arm, yeah. uh, and they, and it's basically a, a second launch for them. They'll, they'll have ironed out a lot of the big problems they had when they launched on PC. So. And that game is Final Fantasy XIV. I actually didn't play any of the console stuff, but I've you know heard through other people that it went well, you know, smooth. Yeah. But <clears throat> Elder Scrolls, you can just tell based on the way that the skill bar is set up and everything else that that game is going to feel fantastic with a controller you know mm-hmm. um, I chose to play in first person which some people think was crazy but like if you play that game in first person and you only have about four or five skills on your bar at any one time then you can switch to a different set of four or five like that's totally going to work with triggers and face buttons on a controller nice. um, it's going to be great and you, you can play the PC version with a uh, gamepad can't you uh, I don't actually think it did officially support gamepads I'm not sure I don't think it did alright one more email this week now GameSoup is not usually known as a a, a gaming tips show. Yeah. We have a tip line for that. Yep. 1-800-CALL-SCOOP. <laughs> the extra O and P <laughs> are for you being overpowered. <laughs> uh, but our, our listener, Will, does have some tips for us on uh, Watch Dogs. He says, I was listening to the latest game, Scoop. Heard about your frustration with the Watch Dogs criminal convoy missions. We have to knock the target down, right? We are talking yep. about this. It's much easier to just kill them, just murder them. <laughs> Uh, murdering people is always the way. Will says, I've been playing on Realistic and have found the following to work. Create a traffic jam where there are many hiding spots. Provoke all targets to leave their cars. Hide until they stop searching. <laughs> they won't re-enter their cars, though. So then you can sneak up on them and take your target down. So just cheese the game. Yeah. He says, this is even easier at night when, it, when you've triggered a blackout. i got to admit, I haven't, I haven't you've been using that mechanic. I haven't been triggering blackouts. The, the blackout is, is kind of crazy powerful. Really? Yeah. I, I should it, try that. Like, nobody can see you except for, you know, like, three feet away for, but that, for a good 30 seconds. That detail that they won't re-enter their cars is important. Because, yep. yeah, I'll just hide. I'll just hide until the alert goes down, and then they forget about me, <laughs> yep. and then I'll... I'll and that's, that's like, one of those stealth mechanics that's in every stealth game that's yep. completely unrealistic, yeah. but is kind of necessary for, for a stealth game. Otherwise, yep. you have to restart... The moment you're spotted, if you like, if you want to have any chance, and that's what I've been saying for years, is that the stealth genre I've been wanting. It's been on my list of features I want to write on IGN or videos I want to do about how stealth games are kind of broken in like a few fundamental ways. It's not. It's not broken actually. I mean, like it's that's it's unrealistic, but yeah. it's but like that that is kind of a natural reset that you do instead of quick loading. Sure. So but then, like for them to not re-enter their cars and stuff like that is like. Like you, they like in Skyrim or whatever. Like a dude gets shot in the face with yep. an arrow, 
goes flips end over end, and his buddy's like, whoa, yep. must have been the wind. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like yeah. the flip side is he, he would hunt you relentlessly <laughs> and chase you down and kill you. And then Four that, hours from there, he finds yeah. you. You killed my friend. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, that's not funny. They're like, Dishonored, I had the same problem with that game. I have the same problem in every stealth game. Yeah. Where like, they're either if they're too realistic, that's not fun. But if they're not realistic enough, that's not fun. Yeah. And they have to they have to forget forget about you very yep. quickly. Otherwise, you're sitting there for like yep. like what's a realistic amount of time for somebody to stop yep. looking for you? An yeah. hour? Yeah. It's like exactly am I hard, am I hiding in a closet for an hour waiting for this guy to stop hunting or, for me? You know, and they and if they acted too much like humans, like they need to follow patterns. But then that's kind of boring and dumb. And like I, I well, it makes, pro- like stealth games are kind of puzzle games in that way yeah. because you you yeah. are looking for the pattern that they're that they're following. So Market Ninja did really well. Yeah. Oh, Market Ninja. But I, but I mean this this exploit this thing that he's doing is is he's uh, exploiting uh, how they are unable to resume their mission script yeah. after they've been interrupted. Yeah. That kind of sounds like a legit bug. It's, it's not necessarily a bug; it's well, an oversight. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, yeah, it's maybe something they just that, forgot to program. Oh, and then they have to get back in their car and proceed <laughs> on their route. I guess, I guess it is kind of a bug because it's 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 <clears throat> behaving not the way you would expect it to. I, the, the way I usually did those missions is to create a, a traffic jam or you know, block a block a street. Uh, and then throw down some uh, some remote bombs uh, mm-hmm. in a, in a row, yeah. and you know, it usually took me a few tries to get this right because I have to figure out which car the guy's in and where they're going to stop, and place the bombs in the right way so I'd blow up every car except the one that <laughs> yeah. the guy. So you only can't kill the guy in those yeah. missions. Yeah, yeah, I killed the guy in that mission quite a few times trying that. Damn. Eventually, so I got it. Eventually, <laughs> I got it. Did you see uh, Watchdogs might be going to New Jersey? Yeah, it's like Camden, New Jersey is a, yeah. like they tweeted out something yeah, about Camden. Yeah, the official Watchdogs account tweeted out uh, a message saying like surveillance 24-hour surveillance is required in Camden, New Jersey, something like that. And then so maybe some like downloadable content. It's very kind of on the nose hint if that's like, <laughs> the case. Also just ra- so what a random city. It's yep. like, yeah. Moving from Chicago to Camden, New Jersey. <laughs> maybe uh, it includes like the whole like tri-state area. Maybe. Like, I, I did see they just put out a new patch that I have to test out on a, on a couple of PCs that um, that uh, supposedly eliminates some of the the stuttering you get with high texture like the the ultra t- uh, texture settings. Uh, yeah. That was yeah that was a that was a bummer. Like I I was able to get mine running on high texture settings fine, uh, which like it, it had been running crappy and then all of a sudden started working really well. I don't get it, but uh, yeah that's that's another one of those those weird bug things that affect people yeah, yeah. in different ways. Um, but I yeah got to test got to test out the, the new patch see if it if it works better. I think that's all the scoops we have for this week. Before we go, tell me a great game that starts with your first initial. I'll Gremlins. Be, for which platform? <laughs> game Boy. <laughs> Gremlins on Game Boy was great. You're really you're you're gonna put the Greg Miller. You said G. I gotta think of a game that's great that starts with a G. Ghostbusters. There yeah, you go. Geez. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Uh, Don't pick mine. Dragon Age Origins. Yeah, I'll I'll use Disgaea. For me, it's easy. That is all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Justin. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. And we're out.
contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.